whoa, 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 welcome to best song ever. He's back at it again. The the cat's out the bag. Luke LeBen is back on the mic, baby. That's me. And on another mic is my dear friend Kevin Connor. What's up? I'm so back that I never left. You're that far back. Yeah. I I've gone uh forward. Uh he should have done some play like that in Baby Got Back, where he's like she got back so much she's back to the future. <laughs> yeah, exactly what uh Sir Mix a lot needed in that song was a reference to a eighties sci fi film. For yeah. sure. That's what was missing. I think more hit songs should talk about time travel. Yeah, you're cowards. not gonna get a disagreement from me there. I, I want time travel and everything. Time travel is my shit. Exactly. And speaking of time travel, uh, Kyle and I uh, took a little trip through time back to 2013 because we just discovered this show, Zach Stone is Gonna Be Famous, starring Bo Burnham, and it was on MTV in 2013. And, whoa, weird. I mentioned Back to the Future. I wasn't even thinking about this because his dad is played by the guy who plays Biff in Back to the Future. Whoa. <laughs> is he a dick? Yeah. He is. Okay. I mean, he's a dad. He's I mean, I just feel dad. like he's kind of typecast. I feel bad. Cause like, yeah. He was no, also he's in not Freaks. Biff level. Okay. Because he was in Freaks and yeah. Geeks and was also a dick. He was the gym teacher. Oh, right, right. Yeah, no, he's not that bad. He's, like, the typical dad. But Zach Stone is a great, like, not self-aware character. Like, the classic sitcom characters like Michael Scott and others who are just, like... He's basically a way less talented but more confident version of Bo Burnham in real life. That's a bad combo. Yeah, exactly. No talent and lots of confidence. Yeah. Hey, I mean, it, it works out well for some people. I'm doing but, it pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's super funny, and you need to watch it. Um, you can buy it on Amazon, the for the one and only season. I will um, pile it on the list of Bo Burnham projects that I need to watch. Yeah. As I oh, disappoint yeah. you weekly. Dude, I'm. it's really getting frustrating now that you haven't seen Inside. It's like, what else do you have going on? You don't have uh, to answer that. No, not much. <laughs> it's, I don't have a good excuse. It's, uh, it's, it's mostly just uh, video games and... Um... Yeah. Wow, I, exactly. really hope, I was really hoping I'd be able to video come up with something, but... And, um, Yikes. Uh, which by the way, we were at Kyle's dad's house and, uh, his girlfriend, I said something about Super Nintendo and she's like, no, you're not one of these in mimed, like <laughs> playing a video game. And I'm like, yes, I am well, one of those. <laughs> I do pretend that, uh, that the word gamer is a slur because, uh, most gamers are fucking terrible. Um, like gamers capital G T M, like it's just right. it they're awful. So I uh, I think Does that it make we you should think of Gamergate. Like they're definitely in the included class of awful gamers. So maybe we shouldn't say it. Maybe we should mime it just like Ooh. Oh my god. I want us to get into the thing we were supposed to do first, but 
I just said another thing that brought something else to mind. I can't believe I didn't tell you about this. Uh, tell me. I should have I should have told you when we were coming, like when I got back from vacation. So uh, we were flying back, and this was just a weird day because keep in mind, uh, at 4.30 in the morning is when I found out that my friend had passed away. So it was, uh, And then we're rushing to get to the airport. We were like, oh, well, we waited in security for so long, so we like, Barely made it to our flight on time. So just like a lot of crazy stuff happening. We have a layover in Atlanta and we go to get some food and we're sitting there. And at first I just noticed this, like, uh, I called him a business boy. Uh, He was just like a chubby baby faced guy uh, who in like a suit with an American flag pin on. And then I notice across from him is this older guy, and I'm like, that looks like fucking Michael Flynn, former, uh, was he the attorney general for Trump? Uh, um, no, he was the, uh, so he was the national security advisor. I did National I, security advisor. I figured I it like, out mid-Google. I didn't have to hit enter. Yeah. So I, I sent Brian a picture and I'm just like sitting there completely distracted. <laughs> like Kyle keeps trying to talk to me and I'm just like, hold on, this guy. And I'm looking up pictures of Michael Flynn and like I could see a profile. And I'm just like, he's got the gray in the hair like that. He's got a sort of like jowl that kind of looks yeah. like him. And he's wearing an American. It was around his neck. I thought it was a lanyard, but it was actually a mask. And it was... So I'm like, mask doesn't sound like him, but it was an American flag. He also had an American flag pin on, and he's talking to this little business boy politician over here. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it would be kind of random for him to be in Georgia. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, Georgia, the biggest battleground state of the last election. I think it was him. I'm pretty sure it was him. He was up to something. You saw... Former national security advisor and and possible Russian asset, Michael Flynn. <laughs> yes. And candidate for Q, but no, he's not Q, because yeah. we all know it's Ron Watkins. For sure. But... It, he... <sighs> Luke, I'm Q. Oh, shit. I got out of hand, I admit it. I just thought it was funny. It was pretty funny. Dude, <laughs> it was a good like, goof. If you, if you really think about it, that was funny. Yeah, yeah. January sixth. Like, like, if you really think about it, very funny. It wasn't like funny, like haha. It was funny, like I was ripping my hair out in in sheer anxiety. But yeah, it was pretty right. funny. Um. Well, that was a good one you pulled. But no, yeah, I uh, it, was. Looking... It was a real oopsie doopsie. <laughs> it was a real fun jape. But I uh, got one of those memories of my, uh, you know, iPhone yeah. makes a memory of, so it did it of like the whole vacation. So we're looking at it, it's like <laughs> pictures of like the gators and all that stuff. And then it just ends, the music's like, do, and it just is Michael Flynn. <laughs> like a oh picture of, that I took of him to send to Brian of like, this Absolutely guy's Michael Flynn. Amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, pretty amazing that I saw uh, someone that important in the Q world. <laughs> Luke, that's really odd. It sure is. And speaking of odd, uh, Kevin, you had a fun little thing you wanted us to do today, which was talk about our rankings of Tyler, the Creator albums in honor of his new album coming out this week. I uh, 
I thought it'd be fun because we're not going to count Bastard because it's a mixtape, and even though it's really good, right. it's not as readily available to the people. I think Spotify should have more mixtapes. Um, but we're going to count Tyler's five like studio albums. albums. So yeah. 2011's Goblin, 2013's Wolf, 2015's Cherry Bomb, 2017's Flower Boy, and 2019's Igor. Wow, he's done one every two years for a decade. You gotta love that consistency. Let's count them down. Number five. I say that we say it at the same time. That way we both get okay. surprised by, by what the other person says. Okay, cool. So our fifth so, favorite album. You ready? I'll go three, yeah. two, one, and then we will say it. Yes. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one. Wolf. Cherry Bomb. Oh. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. Good. See, I'm glad we have a different one. Yeah. I think I'll go first. I think Cherry Bomb is where his production certainly steps up. I think mm-hmm. instrumentally, it's a really underrated album, and I think he knew that. That's why he put that at, like the instrumental version of it out a few years ago. But I don't think it's as cohesive as any of his other projects. And I don't necessarily have a song from that album that I listen to on repeat like any of the others. So yeah, it's a good project, but I think it's my least favorite. That's fair. Um, I never listened to it that much when it came out. Um, and I remember people saying it was good. I remember like the consensus was that it was good, but I wasn't really into it. Um, as much as I was for the previous albums, I listened to the whole thing, but just listening today, I listened to Wolf and Cherry Bomb again, and I just enjoyed Cherry Bomb more, even though it has some, uh, like experimental abrasive parts too. I just, because the production was stepped up, I just felt like, I I had a better time listening to it where there were certain times on Wolf where I was like, yeah, not feeling this. Um, and obviously, if you start going back pre-Flower Boy, you're going to get a lot of homophobic <laughs> slurs being thrown around. Yeah. Uh, you're going to get some misogyny going on. And I uh, found it interesting on Wolf that he says something about people say he's homophobic, so he put a video of him kissing Lucas. And yeah. I'm like, oh, cool, so put a video of you kissing a guy, then you can use the slur. <laughs> yeah, I... I think um, Tyler, the creator, really is a very good example of coming to age in the internet age, where, like, mm-hmm. his music... It, like... When Goblin came out in 2011, it not not I mean that certainly existed, but as like a cis white dude, I was just like, oh hell yeah, he's saying swear words, and like I wasn't excited right. about he was, slurs or homophobia, but it no. certainly didn't turn me off the album like it would today. And um, I mean that's that's all of us growing as people, right? Like and as a society, and like it probably should have happened sooner yeah. and quicker, but uh, well and. You haven't seen Bo Burnham uh, inside, so you wouldn't know. But at one point, he says, like, I wrote offensive shit and I said it. He's talking about, like, when he was younger making stuff. And I feel like for a lot of us, especially, like, like ignorant, sort of privileged 
white kids. Sorry, I'm calling young Kevin ignorant. Um, but like we just I feel like that was like comedy was saying things that weren't appropriate and I feel like a lot of us had to figure out that that's not always a good thing, you know, like, I feel like, yeah, you're right. It's like, oh, there's a difference between saying fuck and then saying a slur, you know, like it was sort of like for me growing up Christian, it's like, oh, these people are saying bad words, swear words. And like, it's funny and talking about edgy stuff. But then as I get older, you know, you realize like there's there's a certain line and there's a difference between those things. But that is certainly like where he was coming from at first. I found it crazy that even on cherry bomb in 2015, he's still throwing that around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Wow. And, um, and okay. when we get to discussing goblin, I definitely have a story about him having a reckoning with his, his former lyrics. Oh yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move to our number fours. Yeah. Number four. Ready? Yes. In three, two, one, cherry bomb. I I figured we were about to do Obviously. a flippy flop. Switcheroo. <laughs> so uh, let me let me talk for Wolf. You do I it. I think this is. I think this is his closest album to Flower Boy. Uh. Which is mm. kind of crazy, but I think this is where he gets a little bit into the R&B and the instrumentation and the kind of the storytelling that Flower Boy does really, really well. Uh, and then it also has absolute fucking bangers like Domo 23. Um, that song. See, I didn't think that one. I thought that I had the title in my head, thought this was going to be a really great one. That was not one of my favorites, and there were ones that I was like, "Oh, these this is really good." I didn't remember this one, but that one was not one of them. Uh, I just think that that goes so hard. That is that is like, if I had an album full of that, like I'd be I'd be really fucking happy. Um, but go tell me why why I'm wrong and why Cherry Bomb is a little better. Um, I mean, I pretty much said it last time. Just that uh, I just felt like he was doing more interesting synth stuff uh more like i felt like it was inching closer to flower boy but i did going back now see on both of them that you can see where he was going which i think i sort of didn't fully connect it because i skipped cherry bomb so i sort of like missed the progression and was like oh flower boy came out of nowhere but then you go back and listen you're like okay he was experimenting with some of those sort of like floaty soundscapes. He does the like pitched up voice that he does a lot on Igor and yeah. Flower Boy on Cherry Bomb 2 and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's interesting." Also, you know he has like alternate covers for Wolf and Cherry Bomb. Okay, and... yeah, because I remember different covers for those and like yeah. He doesn't have them on Well, the Instrumentals has the Cherry Bomb cover yeah. that I knew. But then there's this one <laughs> Of dude peeing his pants. <laughs> like yeah. I've never seen that one. I like the little claymation wolf one. I've never seen that. I like that a lot um, too. But I like the other one where he's like in front of like the photo yeah, of himself. Yeah. Oh yeah, the features on Cherry Bomb. I felt like. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. He had Pharrell on both of these albums. Like yeah. some, some of his not best albums and Pharrell's on. But on uh, Cherry Bomb, obviously, as like. 
Sid, Schoolboy Q, which is cool, Kaliukas, obviously, um, Pharrell. Um, so there's some good ones. I mean, <laughs> Lil Wayne and Kanye. Yeah, Lil Wayne and Kanye. That's a that was huge at the um, time. Also, Chaz Bundick, aka Toro Imwa. I didn't even realize he was on that. Um, oh, so there there were some good songs I uh, enjoyed on Cherry Bomb, and like I said, Wolf, I like it, but there's some parts that are just unpleasant for me. But the run from like 48 to the Beamer song, which has like Frank Ocean, Party Isn't Over, and Beamer, that run I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, Did you know that all of his, I think, 10th songs have a a slash in them? Really? Yeah. Every single one on on all of his albums, I think. Not Goblin. I just... But like through the last mm, four, yeah, you're the right. last song is something Which, slash something. The number ten one on Igor is like my favorite one. Yeah, yeah. Let's do number three. Let's do number three. Number three. Three, two, one. Goblin. Goblin. Yep. Okay. Right. Okay. We're Obviously, right we're really I we're mean, really just going nostalgia. To, yeah, I think we're uh, yeah. we're gonna be in like a nice one v two showdown. Uh, we'll either have the same one or a different one yeah so it'll get spicy (laughs) goblin was insane i it came out like my senior year of high school and like i had just gotten my uh my cool bright green fiesta that i went around town oh i remember it well and i put i put goblin in the disc drive and just like cranked those tiny little subs up to the max it was just like listening to yonkers thinking i was the coolest motherfucker in town (laughs) which this is the interesting thing about Goblin, Yonkers, Tyler, the creator's career. Did you see that video years back of him talking to Vince Staples on like a podcast? And they were talking about how Yonkers was a joke. It was sort of supposed to be making fun of certain rappers at the time. And then it became like his biggest hit. And yeah. I feel like he would have been hugely famous regardless without that song. Like, it was gonna happen that he was gonna be huge, but it certainly came out like threw the doors off of places. Um, yeah. Well, when we, I know you were also at Mopop a few years ago when he performed, and oh yeah, and it was amazing. And he played Yonkers, and like he got to the part mm-hmm. where he's talking about Bruno Mars and Haley Williams, and he's like, "All right, stop, 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 stop." Yeah. And he's like, "Listen, I just, I just really hated that that Bob." airplane song and i was sick of hearing it right and I said all this shit and like i don't i don't have any ill will towards these people i just like yeah wrote a funny line and like it ended up being like this like ooh, tyler the creator hates Haley williams and he's like i i i love paramore right <laughs> um yeah but it's like and that's like like you said growing up in the internet he was a kid he was a teenager and so it's like obviously he's running his mouth about yeah. things that he might regret later Plus, the Yonkers music video was shocking. Oh, amazing. Yeah, just like so Um, simply done and so alarming and just like pearls were clutched. So obviously I have some nostalgia for that. Honestly, I don't, the same thing, I don't know that I have the best time listening to it. I don't think it's like a fun album to put on, but it's got some bangers. Yeah, I think it's I think it's more is of an album that like ha- you put on one song and everyone's like, oh hell yeah, this is good, and like it's been right. ten years, and some of these songs are still like 
Still really good. I mean, she was probably the first time I heard Frank Ocean. Yeah. So like, I uh, also loved the vampire song because he makes some Buffy joke in it. Yeah. So I was like, that that's right up my alley. We uh, we really need a Frank Ocean album release so I can go back to obsessing over all his. Weird I know. Shit. I was thinking. I was thinking if we ranked his albums, that'd be and, cool. Endless, yeah. like when Endless and Blonde was coming out, I was losing my goddamn mind for like a week and a half, just watching him build that staircase. Yep. Um, oh yeah, that whole live stream thing. I yeah. forgot about that. Oh, I don't. I remember I, you were into it. I think about I that like weekly. <laughs> we're gonna talk about it during shouts but the mountain goats new album is out we should have ranked all like 20 of their albums <laughs> oh god <laughs> i've actually listened to probably 15 I, out of like the 20 i know like i feel like i'm slacking because i've only listened to like 12 yeah well there's a certain there's certain ones that are the standouts but yeah well, we'll get to that during our shouts. Shall we move to number two? And this yeah, is the moment of truth. Let's find out if we're going to fight or not. Yep. Same or different. Mm-hmm. Number two. Ready? In three, two, one, Igor. Igor. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be a friendly podcast. Good. I, yes. I, <laughs> if you had said... Igor was number one. Like I, honestly, like I, I get it. It's a great album, and like, it's. I guess I don't want to like take away from it by saying what I like about Flower Boy better, but it's just like the production on this. I think is his best. Like it's just the yeah. the on, drone on that it Igor or on with. on Igor Flower Boy. Yeah, I think. Well, I think and obviously, it's like two years after, so it's like there's gonna be the consistent growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he does show some more growth on it, but we'll get to it. Flower Voice just, yeah. obviously, I think I, is my favorite album. From um, moment one, I mean, it's got that drone that goes on for like 30 seconds. And this was like, maybe I wasn't paying as much attention or maybe this was bigger, but like, I feel like Igor's launch had a lot of teases for like really like short snippets of songs yeah, and he was coming off of Flower Boy, which is such a big success that I was like just getting so excited about what he was doing, and like visually, this album had a really cool like campaign around it, uh, where he's in that like blonde wig on stage, just like jamming up. Um, but I just think it's like such a poignant story of just like loss, right? Because it just. It is. It, it's a breakup album. See, I didn't pick up on any of that. <laughs> I didn't know any. I I don't think I ever knew that it was even a breakup album. Um, I just liked <laughs> the songs. I love uh, Earthquake. I think, uh, which I think. Hold on. I think that's the one that I think it reminds me of a Kanye song. You could totally set uh, Kanye's verse of Stronger to, I think, which, um, you know, Tyler was sort of a protege of Kanye's, so it makes sense. Yeah, which I can see that. Also, yeah. And speaking of Kanye's Stronger, I don't know if you saw what I shared in the Discord. Everyone go to the Best Song Ever Discord. There's, I just shared a random mashup of stronger by kanye with uh modest mouse float on as yeah, the backing track and it's so it's good amazing it's so damn good 
Um, but yeah, I think there's some. Oh, and obviously, Gone Gone, the Slash song, as we talked about, there Gone go. Gone and Thank You, is just phenomenal. A Boy Is a Gun is another mm-hmm. amazing one. So, yeah, it's definitely. Uh, I mean, it's definitely one of his. Like, could be his best work. Yeah. Uh, well, and I think a lot of people maybe got on board more with that than Flower Boy. Like, new the, fans, sort of. Do you remember the other two albums that came out the day that you were came out? Because it was a giant day. I mean, there were multiple albums, but there were three big albums coming out that day. Okay, and this was 2019? 2019. Um, I want to say Celine Dion's Greatest Hits and the Frozen soundtrack. <laughs> it was you said they were big they were big i am easy to find from the national oh boy and big to me dedicated by carly ray jepson oh wow so this was a big day for me and i stayed up when when you know spotify released igor and i listened to it in the dark on my stereo at like midnight and the ending two tracks I don't love you anymore, and are we still friends? Are like such, like there were some of my favorite album ending songs because it's it's this like devastation that just like finishes the album with I don't love you anymore, and then are we still friends? It's almost like an epilogue of like can we can our relationship survive? You know, even as something new right. and like blossom into something different, and it's just like it's I don't know, I I think Igor. It wins points for storytelling, and it wins points for production. And the only reason it's not my number one is because I just like Flower Boy a teeny bit more. Exactly. So maybe we should maybe we should go to that. We should. Number one. Three, two, one. Flower Scum Boy. fuck Flower Boy. Gotta go full title. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, the full title of that album is Scum Fuck Flower Boy. Um... I don't think so. I'm looking at Spotify. It just says Flower Boy. Do you want me to run and go get he my... He probably... Do you want me to get my he, vinyl no, copy of this? And... and It's probably like uh, just that is the real title and he had to make one that he could actually get away with. Yeah, because I remember this getting announced as Scumfuck Flower Boy and was like, holy shit, hell really? yeah, I am hyped. And <laughs> then Flower Boy... Uh, Flower, it's, I mean... It's, it's so good. It's just the sunniness. Uh, I remember Tyler said on Colbert he just wanted to have a bunch of his friends and him sing. And so that's why there's like very little rapping mm-hmm. and he's just singing. And it's, I mean, just every song is so good and sticks with me. That's why I'm like, there's just no question. And I, they were just the theme songs of that year. Yep. Uh, I don't know where this landed on my list that year, but it probably should have been like number one. And again, amazing features. I mean, Caliucas, ASAP Rocky, Frank Ocean, Rex Orange County, Lil Wayne, mm-hmm. and then Steve Lacey, of course, Jaden. <laughs> of course, Jaden. I uh, <laughs> yeah, of course, Steve Lacey. This is certainly his most Anna listenable album like all my friends yeah that knew who Tyler the creator were like was and just like we're like oh i don't really 
I don't really vibe with that. I was like, no, no, no. Like, listen to Flower Boy. This, like, is a new sound for him. But as we discussed, well, clearly something that developed over his past projects. Yeah, and that's the thing is I kind of am, on one hand, I'm like, there are some good songs on the first three albums, but I'm kind of like, don't even bother going back to old Tyler. This is when he arrived, truly. And um, I think it's just like that thing of like, yeah, you can make your music really experimental and it'll be unique. You can make it super abrasive and punk and, but then is anyone going to want to listen to it, you know? And people yeah. did. When he did it, it worked. But I just think that's the thing. It's like you got to find that middle ground of it actually being enjoyable in some way, you know? Otherwise, no. you're just hurting people's eardrums. I've listened to Flower Boy more than I've listened to his first three combined. Like, easily. Yeah. Because um, it is just like, I it, it can get play anywhere in my life like i'll put it on the car i'll put it on with coffee like i would be as bold as put it on the put toilet it on with some family over and just turn it down a little bit yeah um it's just uh i don't know nothing better i i hope he tops it i've really liked the first two uh two songs he's put out on the new one and i want to see how they work together in the project but like I haven't listened to the Lumberjack all week, and um, what was that? What's your name? Came out today. Yeah, I didn't even hear the new one. Yeah, it's it's um, good. I I think I it's might a, just hold off and wait for the album. Yeah, I, I'm I'm but, very very interested to hear the context of the album and how it, what kind of project it is. One thing is made clear from this: Flower Boy is number one. Number one. Okay, well, we've been talking about Tyler for a while. Let's move along, because I am eager to talk about an album in our touts. Totes. All right, so I'm excited to talk to you about this album, Kevin. I know you see me sharing it in the Discord. Uh, I've been, it's literally all I've been doing. It plays on a loop in my head, as they say, living rent-free. <laughs> um, and... It is the album Mega Bear by Me Rex. This is a fantastic British band. And have you heard any of this? Yeah, I listened to this album all the way through. I, I threw okay. it into a playlist. Uh, well, explain what you've done and then I'll explain how I failed at yeah, it. Yeah, let me... Uh, I Yeah, so the idea of the album is it's 52 mini songs. They're each about... 30 seconds long some i think the longest one is like a minute and 16 and the idea is that they're all they can fit together in any combination so you can throw the album on shuffle and have a different listening experience every time and they all correspond to this deck of tarot cards which if you look the art the video on spotify is uh the different tarot cards um and a lot of them are like the same song, but different versions of the song. Some really beautiful, just like anthemic piano, some great like electronic grooves at times, some cool instrumentals. Uh, my cousin Brian and I were talking about how much we love this album. And he said, 
we should like sequence it into the order we think it's best. So I did it all that night. And then the next morning he was like, oh, you did it. I tweaked it. And honestly, I was thinking about it. I spent, I did it all in one night. And then I, the next day I was just like, let me switch these around. Okay. Play through. No, I got to switch that. And I was just like going back and tweeting, spending all this time on it. And then yesterday after work, I worked on it for like 45 minutes and I completely lost track of time. And I'm like, okay, it's locked now last night. And so uh, I, if you join our best song ever discord, you can see my resequence of the album. And I've just been obsessed with it. It's an incredible album. It has shot up to my number one album of the year right now. This is it because I probably haven't listened to anything more. And it's not just an album. It gave me a little like puzzle because I'd be like, oh, wait, this song corresponds to this song. This song's like this and piece them together. And so I said to Brian, uh, I've been playing this great new video game. It's called Resequencing Mega Bear. <laughs> because that's what it was like. It was so, like me playing a game. <laughs> I saw you post the album. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then like hours later, you're like, I resequenced it. Here you go. And um, yeah. I was like, oh, that's really cool. So I listened to it. Like, it, I, it's a great album. I really like it. It it, uh, it really flows together better than I thought it would. Because I was worried yeah. that it would just be like... like I, I say this like it's a bad Totally thing, disjointed. Do you remember Tierra Wax album from a few years ago that was just like one minute long songs? Yes. And it would just be like... I, do I remember it? It's like one of my yeah, favorite yeah, albums of all yeah, time. Yeah, obviously you remember <laughs> it. But like... It, like songs would be like and I and it would cut and I'd be like oh I was really getting down yeah. on that like I liked that a lot and uh and I mean this is kind of like that but that's the fun of sequencing it is because then that energy doesn't need to end you can put another exactly. song after it that has that same energy and extend it so I started to resequence it and I I knew what I wanted to end with and I started working backward backwards and I think oh, I made cool. it like five songs in i need to spend some more time with it because I, I just got overwhelmed i was like you it takes some time yeah because you, you know I what like, i did I, is i just started throwing my favorite ones in there and like which ones would sync up but it's and here's the thing is it doesn't always on spotify i have set to like a half second crossfade because it doesn't every single beat doesn't always match up but still like i'm saying like the momentum and the feeling like it works really well and it's just the most unique album because nothing else feels like it because there's not necessarily a standout song i mean i have a couple but songs are other songs they all come together to make like one big half hour song it's like the the craziest album experience and there's really like endless combinations because you could try different stuff so i broke mine to like different little sweets i call them um but Kyle told me I needed to stop talking about it because I was just rambling on and on about it. I'm just like talking about it nonstop. And I like, I had to take a break because I was like, I don't even know. Like I was working on the build up to like the climax of the playlist, which is like halfway through. And, uh, I reordered that one like 50 times. I was like, no, I can move this one here. What if I move this one here? And then I'll just switch. No, put that down here. And, th- and then like, I'm, I'm, I'm eventually I'm like, I need to stop. <laughs> so is- I, it's locked now. It's good. You have gone full Pepe Sylvia on this album. Oh, absolutely. I said it's, uh, 
definitely uh, brought new levels of nerddom to me. I could tell you all about Dionysian rites and uh, which song, you know, which songs talk about the party never being over. Uh, (laughs) That could go on for a while. Um, But allow me to move on to some other touts. Yes. Next up, I thought this was going to take the week for me. Cola Boy with Prosthetic Boombox. I was like, this is the album of the week, baby. But that was before I heard Me Rex. But uh, features from the likes of The Avalanches, John Carroll Kirby, who may come up later in my shouts. Uh, but it's a super funky, super fun album. And uh, I'm, I'm surprised that there was another album that beat it out because it was so good. Um, then Fulhamore with The Journey. I want to spend more time with it even, but it was so good the first oh, listen through. I have... The, see, this was this was my album this weekend. Uh, I listened to this yeah. a ton. Uh, I was I had loved the title track when you played it on the podcast, and it's been in yeah. my, like, my rotation playlist constantly. And this album is incredible. I mean, it is it is just, like, so finely produced that uh, I can just listen yeah. to it over and over again. And uh, I'm I'm very very impressed with that as a whole project, and like that is absolutely in my top something. Ty, like I mean, it's it's yeah. up there. That's awesome. I want to spend some more time because I feel like uh, the more I listen to it, but it's those uh, actual instrumental samples that he recorded rather than sampling them. It's like it's like analog dance music. It's like ADM. <laughs> not yeah. electronic dance music. No, but I think it <laughs> comes through in the, in the album really yeah. well where it, it does have modern such... production but it's it's yeah. very high fidelity. And like such great like orchestration and stuff. So yeah, that one was great. I want to spend more time with it. Uh I'm going to rip through these next ones. Uh Bo Burnham inside the songs. It hadn't come out during our last touts and I've still been listening to that consistently. You got to check it out. That's all I'm going to say about it. Um, then my the rest of these touts are brought to you by me working on my Nasimi U feature, which is out in the world now. But so I was listening to her album again, Nasimi U Potions. Check that album out. Amazing. One of my favorites of the year. And then her friend's band, Cowbells, is amazing, called Max Hart. And her other friend, Toth, who we mentioned before, but he had that album, You and Me and Everything out this year and Cal and Toth used to be in the band Rubble Bucket which uh I oh, was yeah. checking out their album Sun Machine. You're familiar that with album. Them. Yeah, that album's yeah. really good. I actually I had found that album I think a year or two ago and I was whenever oh, it really? came out I found it a year after and I was like working on my top 20 for the year and I like clicked on it and I realized it was a year old and I was like it genuinely like fucked up my listing because it was so high. That album's really, yeah. really good. And they seemed like really well known. I didn't even realize when she was talking about like her friend Toth, who like helped her produce the album, like and Cal that because basically they were the reason she started making music again. And I didn't even realize they were in this like pretty beloved band. Um, and now they're both doing their own solo stuff. And uh, then my last one is another uh, retro one just from a couple years ago. 
but it was Nasimiu's other project. So you know we talk about like like just J was like J X S T J. Yeah. Like how people put like Traverches and Alves. Mm-hmm. They took it to a new level with this. It's called Babe Ruth, and like I was trying to find it. It's spelled B A E B, like Bay with a B on the end. Okay. And then R X X T H. So it's like Babe Babe Ruxeth. But it's they, Babe uh, Ruth. Uh they just really wanted to avoid any litigious situations with the baseball player or exactly. Andy Barr. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that EP, OMW, it's like Electronic Trap Duo. And it's Nassim Yu and her friend Devin C. Johnson. And it's pretty cool. It's some fun stuff. So that's all I got for touts. What you got? Uh, from last week, uh one Foot in Front of the Other by Griff was a really cool, poppy, short album I really enjoyed. I still um, need to check that out, too. Honestly, Luke, like all three of the albums you mentioned were, were in my rotation all weekend. So I definitely uh, I definitely spent a lot of time with yeah, them. Maybe. Um, there's also a really good album, I Am Not a Mother, But I Have Children, from Friend of the Pod, Shingudzo. Yes. That album was really cool. I, uh, yeah, I gave it like two listens through, but I want to spend more time with it because I think there's a lot, a lot there to appreciate. Um, very powerful messaging with like without losing listen listenability. Like if, if that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, that and Fullamore were two that first listen. I was like, oh, this is really good, but want to go. I was too busy listening to Mega Bear and resequencing it, but now I yeah, can go I, back. Yeah, I know you uh, you uh, you went crazy this week. Um, yeah. the album I missed from like a week ago was Bowling by Temporex. I don't know if you had heard hmm. that. It's like a cool kind of, of electro pop. It, it, I really enjoyed it. Like it, I had hmm. been scrolling through the new releases and like had scrolled back far enough to to get the week before, and the cover drew me. And it's like a very um colorful kind of Alice in Wonderlandy like landscape. Um and I gave it a listen and, and put it in my library really quickly. Nice. That's why Elm Mart's so important. Yeah. Still grab it, your it draws eye. You in. I'm, you in. I'm simple. I see bright colors and I click play. Um hey, and I'm right there with you. An album from earlier in the year that I've been listening to a lot is um, Flock by Jane Weaver. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. That I, uh, that I missed that when it came out, and then I like I found it in my Discover Weekly, and like immediately liked the single that was in there, and then and then found that whole album, and that's been like kind of my default. Like I don't know what to put on, so I'll put that on while I figure out. It came out on a really big week. I think that's why got overlooked because i remember there was yeah i think i touted and shouted it but it was like along with like 20 other things (laughs) uh the weirdest part about this album is that when i'm in my car my uh my entertainment system like likes to pull like the artist photo uh, to like put Mm -hmm. on the screen and for some reason continues to find some photo of like a 20 some year old black dude um which Jane Weaver oh, is not. Oh, it's like a Spotify mix-up. Yeah, it's uh, someone's mixing up, but she definitely seems <laughs> to be like a a white woman. So 
that's incorrect. She does seem to be one of those white women. Yeah, I mean, I listen. I'm not. I'm I not here to make assumptions. I haven't confirmed it. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, my I have my sources checking on it, but she seems to be. So if we could solve that mystery of of who that person is that keeps popping up on the screen, that'd be cool. It's probably Jay Nuiver. <laughs> Obviously. So it sounds um, like Jay Nuiver. And then uh, the last a real retro shout is I like stumbled about an album Tal- that I haven't listened to in ages, which was Shades of Blue, Mad Lib Invades Blue Note from 2003 by Mad Lib. Ooh. And like, I don't, I had never like listened to it probably on my Spotify. Like I had heard it once at one point, but that album is absolutely amazing and uh, should get a listen. So that's my retro tout. Well, after you tout, you need to shout and shake it all about. So let's move on to the albums we're excited for this week in Shouts. Well, Luke, I think um, whenever a new album by an artist comes out, it's a good time to revisit their their catalog, to look into their music. Something that I think mm-hmm. everyone should do. Um, I've certainly done that because this week is the release of Tyler, the Creator's new album, Call me if you get lost. Yes, I uh, I th- I could talk about him for at least half a podcast episode, if not more. You've done it. Very excited for that one. Yeah, that's that's my number one listen this Friday. But there's so much more coming out. So much. Uh, we have Lucy Dacus with Home Video. This is an album I've been really excited for. Absolutely. Love her. Luke, I know you have a bunch, so I'll rip through the rest of mine quickly. Uh, Faye Webster, I Know I'm Funny. Haha. That's a, a fun album title. I really, really liked the single I heard off of that, so I'm excited to hear more. Uh, the always good Modest Mouse with The Golden Casket. They may be modest about their music, but I won't be. I always enjoy a Modest Mouse album. And that is apparently, according to NME, the spiritual successor to my favorite album of There's Good News for People Who Love Bad News. So I'm interested to hear what that's like. That's the one with the green cover and the arrows on it, right? Yeah, Hell the one yeah. with Float On. The, yeah. the one where they really became stars. Yeah. Uh, well, their modesty show shined through. Uh, two more yes. quick ones. We've got Salt with Nine. Their album from a few years ago was really good. I'm excited to hear more. And Saint Motel with the original motion picture soundtrack that seems to be the conclusion to a three-part EP they've been putting out. Or maybe it's the second part. I don't know. It, uh, it was undetermined, but there's new Saint Motel out this week, and we'll figure out what it is on Friday today when you're listening to this neat luke you've Indeed got a bunch we shall. give them to me all right first up the mountain goats darken here i've heard it i got an advanced copy i love it it's amazing uh and they put out three albums last year and i think they recorded this in some of those same sessions and this one is by far my favorite of all those uh then we got Polo and Pan, Cyclorama. I played them on the pod. Great French dance duo. They've released three songs from that that are all cool, so check that out. Then we got Saint Sister with Where I Should End. I also played them on the pod. Then Spelling. That's Spelling with 
three L's, which I like to think, and I think it's why she named it that, is how you spell it when you're casting spells. So, like, spelling words is two L's. Spelling, as in magic, that's three L's. Her album, The Turning Wheel, is out. I've also heard that. It's pretty cool. I don't love it as much as The Mountain Goats, but it's still very good. Um, I also heard that Saint Sister album. I like that one a lot, too. And then uh, John Grant with Boy from Michigan. That's what we are. We're two of those. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And so we, we'll probably relate to that, hear our life story in it. And uh, he's awesome songwriter and usually has some, like, comedy in his songs. He had that song, I Am the Greatest Fucking Person Who Has Ever Lived or whatever. Or I'm the Greatest Motherfucker. Uh so that's really cool, and it's produced by Kate LeBon. So interested to see what that's like. Uh, John Carroll Kirby, who's like an amazing producer who's worked with a bunch of people, he was on that uh, Cola Boy album. He has Septet coming out. Uh, then Mother Mother, a band I have loved for years, uh, has Inside coming out. Check that out. Doja Cat with Planet Her, which is she... The inspiration for Dogecoin. Is it pronounced Dogecoin? Is that what it's supposed to be? I don't know. But either way, I hope she's getting a cut. I hope she's getting her fair due on that. Because it's clearly she was the the muse of the creator of Dogecoin. If she was not the creator herself. If you say so. Anything to share? Do you have any any, uh, insight as into the creation of Dogecoin? No, I, uh, my only, uh, I put $5 into Dogecoin and, and turned it into like 50 and, uh, I only regret not putting in like a million, uh, and then I would be infinitely rich and hated by all. Yeah, there you go. Also, I feel like, uh, Doja Cat and Saweetie, or Sweetie, uh, are like, Starbucks and Panera, you know how like they're always in the same strip mall together, like Starbucks and Panera. So every time Doja Cat puts something out, Saweetie has something out too. And I did not write down the name of the album, but they both have stuff out today. <laughs> Who's Starbucks in the situation? Uh, well, Saweetie starts with S, so I'll say her. That is incorrect. Moving on. Although Doja Cat, uh, I like more. She's my favorite. So. She's got that really good song that's about uh, oral sex. <laughs> I had a very specific uh, vision of that in my head, Luke, and you you were incorrect. So uh, minus. 10 oh, points. okay. And why? Do you want to explain I, yourself? It's just a vibe. No, I don't want to explain okay. myself. But I, uh, if anyone, um, if anyone takes issue with it, you can come fight me in the best song ever Discord. Moving swiftly on to my last two, Cautious Clay with Deadpan Love and Mike with Disco. Check them out. (laughs) That's it. That is all. Also, since the Mountain Goats have their album coming out, I will be sharing my Best of Mountain Goats playlist in uh, probably on our Twitter and in the Discord. So check that out. I've been uh, working on that, updating it with some of their new albums, and it's got all the great jams you you want my top five mountain goats album sure i'll give it to you beat the champ goths all hail west texas the sunset tree and transcendental youth 
You got it. Bam. I'm excited to listen to that. Luke. I hope I. I hope I did that right and didn't forget one of my favorites, but I think I did it good. So yeah. Uh, Other than you know what? Yeah. If if you think Luke forgot a Mountain Goats album, you know what you should do. Uh, join the Discord and uh, tell me. Yes. Yes. That's uh that's what we're trying to do. People are trying to get people to join the Planet Ant Discord. Yes. Please do join our Discord. We had an illuminating conversation about Rebecca Black last week. Uh. So join for stuff like that, and we're sharing all sorts of music, left, right, sideways, behind. It's coming from every direction. Great jams. People are contributing. And if you want to find that, I've been saying the wrong link. It is planetant.com slash ever. We are a Planet Ant podcast powered by Pinecast. If you go to planetant.com, the Planet Ant digital uh, tab has all the great podcasts and digital shows uh, going on. And... Those are our first two daddies. Our third daddy is offshelf.net. Check it out. It's on the internet. Please go look at my Nassim U feature. It was one of my favorite uh, interviews I've ever done. We talk about witchcraft and how music is like magic. Uh, we talk about her whole interesting process of creating this album after seven years of not doing music. And... Uh, we just had Father's Day. She tells a fun little story about how she wrote this song about her dad, and he uh, had some notes. So go check out that interview. It's one of my favorite I've ever done. So that's going to do it for us this week. As always, I'm Luke LeBen saying, you better check your perspective. And I'm Kevin Connor saying, go ahead, chase those waterfalls. This is best song ever. Been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.